Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Odd Couple podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, 4 to 7 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for The Odd Couple at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to The Best of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker. The Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks were going at it. Great game. Um, The rare Thursday night thriller. And uh, the Cowboys came out on top, 41-35. to 35. Great game, really, really good. Both quarterbacks played well. Geno was solid, and Dak Prescott was great. Dak Prescott was uh, exceptional, 29-41, to 41, 299 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. And uh, this is what I want to ask you, Rob, because we talked about it, I guess, a week or so ago, maybe a week and a half. And I said Dak should be in the MVP race. I'm not saying he should be the MVP right now. But I think he is right in the thick of the race. And uh, I want to know, did last night, you, you disagreed. You think he's nowhere near. So last night, did that change your mind at all? Last night was better for him. Uh, better in that it was a playoff team from a year ago. A team and right that, now, this year. Yeah, but they were a playoff team a year ago. This is better than the stuff that he had been doing against the other teams. So, sure, it was a big game. So, uh, yeah, his conversation, his, his name is definitely in that conversation coming off of last night. But it's very it's, – it's very – the MVP, when you have had some clunkers and have beaten some patsies, is fragile. Because he's one bad game or three interceptions away from people going, no, he's not the MVP. Like, it's not like he's rock solid in the MVP conversation. That's how fluid it is. Uh, you love Micah Parsons the, after the first two games. Well, yeah. No, I mean, I'm just bring that. just I mean, giving my, my point is you like Micah week Parsons. Week two is different from week no, 13. No, but Chris, but you, but you liked him after those two. You also like Christian McCaffrey after. And I like Brock Purdy. And, and I mean, and I you liked like a lot Brock of guys Purdy. at early points No, of the I know. And, I'm, and my point is every time they have a bad game or two, they fall out. And I believe that Dak can fall out from this conversation with a bad performance. Is he in it now, Chris, after last night? Yes. All I'm saying is 
it ain't like he's wedged in and no matter what happens from here on out, he's he's in that conversation. That's all. Here, Look, I, I agree with some of what you said. Where I disagree is the difference in week two, week five, whatever, early in the season, of course a clunker can take you completely out of it because we only got four games. We only got three games, you know, so – but now you've, you've had two-thirds of the season played. And so, sure, a horrible game will drop him a bit. But it's not like he's the only one who could have or has had bad games. This is a unique year in that no one is running away with it. And I think he's really only had – he's had one horrific game, which was San Francisco – Three interceptions, one TD, 153 yards. And then Arizona was a bad game, too. Um, 250, one one TD, one interception. And those stats don't sound horrible, but they lost to a two-win team. So it was a bad game. But we could look at just about every candidate and point to some clunkers like that. You know, we talked about Jalen Earl, who I think right now is the front runner. We talked about him earlier in the season. His first six games, it was seven TDs, seven interceptions. And now he's served since then. Patrick Mahomes has not been the Mahomes that we've come to know and love. Um, Brock Purdy, you know, is, is on the periphery of it. Uh, Tua has, talk about some clunkers, Tua's had uh, several just mediocre games. And so I, I do think Dak is there. I, I, where I, it's weird because when I'm on First Things First, Nick Wright and Je- Greg Jennings, are saying Dak is the MVP right now. And I'm arguing against them. No, he's not. He's in the race. He's firmly in the mix, but he is not the MVP. And now with you, I'm just trying to convince you, <laughs> no, he's in the mix. It's like I'm arguing both sides. But No, I just say, I, I said after last night he is in the mix now. I'm, I'm, I'm I, I just don't that. think it's very – I don't think it's as uh, – I don't know what the word is, but I, I don't think it's as flimsy, for lack of a better word, as you're saying, well, last because night I think going every into last quarterback, night's game, yeah, going into like last sixth. night, what was he was, but he was he was fifth, and it depends on what. There's different odds. Some he no, was fourth, I know, but I'm just saying fifth. that was last night. One get before last night, despite what he had been as the NFC Player of the Month, despite that, he still was fifth or sixth or wherever he was. And I know those are just Las Vegas odds. I'm not saying that. I think he was as high as fourth though in some. Okay, but you get my point is coming off of that award, people still didn't have him even in the top three. They still had Patrick Mahomes ahead of him who's not having a great year. So it speaks volumes that despite the numbers he had put up, some people didn't buy all the way into it because of the opponents that he piled up numbers. Well, that's where I agree with you. That's why I don't think – like numbers-wise, he and Brock Purdy have the best numbers of the quarterback. And Brock was behind him. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, Brock, there was a three-game losing streak. And and Brock, Brock, both actually, honestly, Rob, both of these guys, and I'm, I'm not saying it's actually unfair, but both Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott are fighting perception. Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant, the last man drafted. Um, he's got a lot of great players around him. That team has been good before he took over. Been to two, been to a Super Bowl, been to two NFC title games, and so he's. It's even I who like Brock Purdy a lot. I'm still like 
not ready to call him elite, even though his numbers and his production has been elite because of the background. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant was good at Ohio State, really good at Iowa State, but not, you know, in like the world on fire. And um, so I, I want to see more. So I think that's one thing that's working against him is people thinking, wow, can he really be the MVP, Mr. Irrelevant? And I think for Dak, for slightly different reasons, same thing. Because he was, Rob, we've watched him for seven years be good, but not close to MVP caliber. We've seen him put up numbers but lose or have a middling record. Um, We've seen him go two and four in the playoffs. So we haven't thought of Dak Prescott as an MVP candidate, like one of the perennial ones. And so I think he's got to give a little extra because that's the perception of him. But where I agree with you strongly is that he's got to do it against better competition. And the good thing is he's got the chance because their schedule last night was the start of a run that is going to, you know, Put, they're going to play the best team, some of the best teams in the league. So it's Philadelphia. up to him. Yep. So it's up if, to he, him. if he continues to play this well, then he's got a great shot. He got the Eagles, the Bills, and the Dolphins, and the Lions, Rob. I mean, he don't have to win every game, but he has to play well. And if they win, say, three of those, which I know is a, is a big ass. It's a tall order, but right. still, I get it. Um, but and even what? if they win two, depending on, you know, what other quarterbacks do. Um, and he plays really well in all the games, he's got a shot. So uh, I think he's having his best year, Rob. Would you agree with that? Uh, I guess numbers-wise. I, I guess before, what was the – It's not even numbers-wise his best, but because, you know, a lot of those years we had great numbers, he was losing. Yeah, I was eight trying and eight, to think. Yeah, two and three, to... you know, he got hurt that year, but that was the, I, uh, I think it's his best year. 2020 year? Yeah, I think. The Here's why I'd say Kobe it's his year? best, because – he is the engine. Like, we've always said he's kind of a, a glorified game manager. Um, he is a guy that you need a great running game, but then he can be a quarterback and use his legs and make some plays here and there. Don't throw it more than 30 times, though. This year, that's out the window. They don't have a great running game. They got a solid kind of running game. It's middle of the pack. He is the driving force of the offense now. C.D. Lamb's great, but, I mean, you need somebody to throw it to C.D. C.D. ain't Tyreek Hill. And so I think this that's why I think it's his best year, Rob, because he's actually the driving force of their offense. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What's good, y'all? It's your main man, Michael Smith, esteemed NFL analyst and certified fantasy football legend. Allow me to present to you your new favorite fantasy football podcast, The Dynasty Exchange, hosted by my first-round rookie picks, Davis, Dylan, and Josh, three guys who most definitely know their stuff. They're the co-commissioners of the coolest and most cutthroat dynasty league you'll ever come across, the Yacht Club. And now they're the co-hosts of the most elite. Now make that the definitive dynasty program in the game. It's dedicated to only the most devoted of diehards, the guys like me who can't stay off sleeper in KTC. And trust me, 
you won't regret making the choice to follow their dynasty advice. Listen to Michael Smith presents the Dynasty Exchange on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess, identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rob G, um, let's all, we all, I'm sure, are thankful for the news surrounding Bronny James, LeBron James' eldest son, who, remember, he had suffered cardiac arrest uh, playing basketball last year, I guess, or earlier this year, um, several months ago. And um, now he is cleared to play and will be playing for USC. Rob G, fill us in on all the uh, specifics. Sure. So you touched on it. He suffered cardiac arrest during a team workout in July and actually had to undergo surgery to repair what the James family referred to as a congenital heart defect. It was pretty serious. There was a moment there where, maybe not in the family, but in the widespread sports media landscape, people were worried if he was ever going to play basketball again. Because when you hear 
he passed out on the collapsed on the oh, court. It's, scary. it's really scary, right? And thankfully, he had surgery, he's making a full recovery, and he is expected to be activated at USC here in the next uh, couple of weeks, maybe up to a month. And all of which led to LeBron James being asked about it yesterday following their blowout loss to the Thunder. And LeBron said not only is he excited to see his son back on the court, that he's willing to skip a Laker game to see his debut. Take a listen. I'm looking forward to his first game whenever whenever he's cleared and whenever he's ready to have his first game. I already told my teammates that if they play on the same day we playing, then I'm going to have to catch them next game. So, yeah, I told you on, I told you on the play. Uh, family over everything, champs. I love y'all. <laughs> Rob, your thoughts? Um, didn't sit well with me, and I and I get it. Family over everything. Everybody has families. Everybody has families. Uh, everybody has missed. You make commitments. Uh, Chris, did you go to all your daughter's recitals and everything that they had? Not no, you didn't. Them. No, because you. Because them, but not all. No, I know. But that, that's my point. Is that you? You can't do it all, and it's not. I'm not being insensitive. I don't have kids. You know that. I have nieces and nephews, and I missed a lot of stuff that in their lives that I wish I could have gone to. You know. Uh, my nephew was a pretty good basketball player. I couldn't go to all of his games. I was working. I had commitments. Um, and so with the kid, and I get it. I mean, this is this is probably, you know, a little different because of what Bronny went through, Chris, with the heart situation. Right. Uh, so that might be the part of just being out there to encourage him on that day. Um. And maybe if it was kind of presented that way, maybe I would have it would have had a little different effect to me. But you know, I had this same thing with uh, Jason Tatum when he took off for a Celtics game for his five year old son's birthday, and and I I just I, I again a five year old's birthday party could happen on any day. The kid, Chris, do you remember your fifth birthday party? I don't think you my did. fifth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was all the way live. Yeah, Cincinnati, right. Chris, Ohio. Please. Yeah, all right. My friend Calvin there, <laughs> Keith. You know, <laughs> I, I remember mine. For it was like ninety years ago, my fifth birthday. But anyway, <laughs> um, I don't remember it. I remember the picture because I had a five crown right. on my head. You know what I mean? I don't <laughs> right. remember the party, but you get my point. No, I get that. It, I, it, it is is that this is one of those tough situations. Where I don't know if it affects the Lakers and and uh, will it cost them a game? You know what I mean down the yeah. road. I, I I mean you just it's gonna don't cost know. them a game the way they, right. they they're barely serviceable when LeBron's there. Um, I, I I'm gonna say a few things about it, Rob. One, people are different. That's number one. Um, I've met guys, Rob, and I, I don't know if you had a story similar to this, but um. I remember meeting a reporter that I knew Mm -hmm. and not a big time. I'm you know, he wasn't like working at a big time publication, but he was, I think working at a smaller paper, but covering, you know, the NBA playoffs, we were all covering and his sister died like during the playoffs and he was still covering the games. Now, I would have not been doing that. If my brother died during God the playoffs. Forbid. Yeah, uh, yes, God forbid. You know, yeah. I would have taken off to, 
be at his funeral or, you know, but he went right through it. So that's why I say, you know, people, yeah, people, are people deal with stuff differently. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. I, I don't know. I think little... you had something similar to that, right? Yeah, Where my, my mom died. Or... I did first take. My mom died. I told Skip and Dave Brosky, our boss, Chris, at that time. Right. After the show. And they looked at me. She like, died during she, the show? She, she, had, she had died the day before. And nobody okay. knew. And I was, you know, it, it was right before I was supposed to, I was working. And then, I, you know what I mean? I think I had to work one more day. And then we got to weekend and I was going to go to New York and the family. And for me to work through it, she would have wanted me I, to just do what you have to do and then handle everything. And obviously I took off the funeral. It wasn't like I'm not going right, to Right, right, right. But you it wasn't like. week or something. Yeah. And when my dad died, I was in Cincinnati. <clears throat> And when my dad died, Chris, uh, I was on a, I was covering the Reds, and I went to work because I was living in Cincinnati by myself. Okay, by myself. I had a girlfriend, right. but I was you know on my own. Right. And I remember going to the game, thinking that I was okay, looking okay, right? Like I'm just right. gonna work through it, and then go to the funeral. My dad was the funeral was in Florida and all that. And I get into the Lou Pinella was the manager. I get into his office. I sit down, Chris, in my normal seat, you know, the pregame with the manager. Right. Lou Pinella looks right at me, stares at me, and he says, son, what's wrong? That's what he said to me. Mm. And I said, what? He said, what's wrong? And I said, my dad dad died last night, blah, blah, blah. He got up from his desk, came over to me, and gave me a hug. I'll never Mm. forget that. I thought I was putting on a... Good face, right, you know right, what I mean? Right, 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 he, right. He said it immediately. I didn't even open my mouth. Wow. And he knew that something had happened. Yeah. It, it, so like we said, people are different, number one. Um, I'm with you. I, I, on the Jason Tatum thing, I mean, the that birthday, birthday party yeah, was birthday ridiculous. Is, because especially when you're as wealthy as these guys are, you can bring your son out. I mean, I know with my daughters, my daughters are 25 now. And this is no exaggeration. You may have friends or, or nieces and nephews that were similar. They didn't have birthdays. They had birth months. Mm-hmm. Not purposely, but it was like they had the party Celebration, right. at home with the, the friends. And then they had the party at school. And then they had the party at home with another group of friends. It was like ridiculous. It was like three weeks of it or, or three parties in, in two weeks or something like that. And so you could... If you're in that situation, you can fly your son out or after if you don't have a day, you don't have a game. You can go straight there, hang out with him, do something really special Um, without knowing if there were any extenuating circumstances. uh, That's to me. You can do that. As far as LeBron and Bronny, Rob, I, I think you mentioned it. Why I'm not. I have no problem with it. Number one, because of Bronny's situation with the cardiac arrest with the questions about whether he would ever play a college basketball game or any type of basketball game again. That to me makes this different. Like, I I don't know if I'm not saying the answer is different. I have no idea. But if Bronny had not suffered cardiac arrest and he was just starting the season like everybody else. And it was, I don't know that I'm not sure LeBron would take off. See, you know, I, and go to that and game. And that's what I said. That's why I'm conceding, Chris, 
But he didn't kind of talk about that. It was just like, oh, I told my team I'm not going to be there family first. Right. He, he may it, have assumed it's understood, you right. know, because of Brian's But if he would have said, given what my son's been through, I need to be there for his first. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, that's the. Right. That, that would have been. I think that's what he, without knowing exactly, because we haven't talked to him. Right. I think that's the situation. But doesn't it sound different that way? Yeah, yeah. If you, but, but again, I, Rob, my feeling is most people would understand that. Now, you didn't take it that way, and that's fine. But to me, it was like, it's understood. If anybody yeah, that knows what he went through. I didn't take through, it that way. Yeah, I, I totally take it that way. Um, and so, in this situation, I'm fine with it. I'll, I also will throw this in, Rob. I'm going to throw in a couple things. One, LeBron, I, I, I feel differently about him, honestly, being 38 years old, about to be 39, in his 21st season, like, for instance, I don't want to hear game or low management from any other players. Him? In his 21st year? Yeah. You need a day off, man, take it. I, I just, because of his age and his, you know, where he's at in his career, I feel a little different about him versus the other player. And then players, and then I'm gonna throw this in too. And I don't, I don't like feeling this way, but it's just how I feel. Rob, unfortunately, because of the last, I don't know, seven years or so, whatever it's been, of of big time low management. I hate to say it, like I said, I don't like feeling this way, but I feel like he missed one game. What's the big deal? Is one dudes miss the average superstar is gonna miss seven games but, that but he didn't need what? to miss. But, but and again, I don't. I I I I'm not saying I like feeling this, but I've been conditioned now over these last seven years that it's like man, he only missing one game. But but you know, I, I hear it's, you. It's unfortunate, but that's that's kind of where we be gotten in NBA. Right, but the pushback again becomes here we go. More players like the fans don't matter. I bought tickets for this game. You know what I mean? Like, like if you're a fan, and Chris, obviously that people are going to understand like the family situation and what right. Bronny's been through, but it's just another example, another example of we don't matter. You know what I mean? Well, I also think, I think that, look, that's fair because obviously there's going to be fans that bought tickets to go see LeBron that night, whatever night that is. But I, I get that, and you don't want to belittle that. But I also think, Rob, LeBron's history, and even, shoot, recent history, like last year and this year, of playing as much as he could. He's not like a Kawhi or some of these other guys who have, you know, just made a mockery of the regular seasons by taking so many games off. And so I think people might look at that and, like you said, and the family situation. But, like, just low management, I'm not trying to – I'm not dismissing the concerns about it because I hate it. And tonight, you heard us when Steve DeSager was saying Luka is out and and Wimby is out. And their injuries, but I – I just hate to see any of this. Like, if you're not, you know, injured to the point where you can't play, 
then you should be out there. It just playing. happens a lot. And yeah, that's it's the happened too it, happen, it happens a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports play-by-play broadcaster, friend of the show, Gus Johnson. Gus, welcome to the Octo, brother. Gus. Hey. My two boys, what's going on, man? What's good? It's man, nice to hear your voices. Happy you holidays. You too, brother. And we said earlier that you are this generation's Keith Jackson. No doubt. You cool with that? Uh man, you know, Keith Jackson is Zeus. Um, <laughs> if, uh, you know, I, 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 just to be mentioned in the same sentence with, uh, with Mr. Jackson is, is an honor and a privilege and, uh, Words can't express the amount of gratitude that I have that you guys feel like that. I really appreciate it. Nah, man, you've earned it for sure. And uh, what a weekend, man, huge for college football. Um, let's just get right to it, man. It, I Look, I have been a fan of or an advocate for expanding the playoff to whether it was eight or 
Now it's going to be 12, which I'm happy about. And I'm looking at this year, and if an Alabama wins, and, you know, if all the, the – te- Alabama's not so much expected, but if they win and then everybody else kind of wins as expected to, it's going to be hard to narrow it down to four. How are you looking at it this year as far as the playoff? Um, it's funny you said that because I was just in a meeting with Joel Klatt and, you know, my partner, and he's an expert at it all. He said if Alabama beats Georgia, all hell breaks loose. Yes. You know, yes. all hell breaks loose if Alabama breaks, beats Georgia. Um, he feels that you got Texas there. If Alabama beats Georgia, then Alabama and Georgia may go. And then you got to yep. pull Texas in there to go with Michigan. Um, it, and then, you know, Florida State's quarterback is hurt. He's got a concussion. So he's not going to go in the ACC championship game against a very good Louisville team. So what happens if Florida State loses to Louisville and Washington, then you got Ohio Oregon State tonight. sitting at six? It's just so much, yep. man. It's so it's so. First of all, I think it's great, and yeah, they're going to expand. They're already in negotiations about that for next season. But right now, it, it just makes the whole sport so exciting. Uh, I know there are going to be some disappointed people, teams, and fan bases when all the the dust settles. But uh, it just it just like for example, I, I have I forgot. I can't now. I'm so excited because the game tomorrow for me is is that is at night. Now I get to go up after this meeting and after I talk to you guys, and I get to watch this Oregon-Washington right. game. This is going to be great. Mm. Yep. I mean, this is, is huge. Now, now let me, Gus, let me ask you about this year's college football season. Most of the time it's pretty much the standard usual suspects who are involved and we know who they are and, you know, what's going to usually play out. This year, which was interesting, was a lot of different stuff, including Deion Sanders, who was named Sports Illustrated's Person of the Sports Person of the Year. Deion, no doubt about it, uh, shook up college football the first couple of weeks, but it was a bad ending. Where were you on that, and just uh, what Deion did with college football? Do you think he was warranted the Sports Person of the Year? Oh man, I tell you, I loved. First of all, I've always loved Deion Sanders as a player um, in college at Florida State, uh, in the pros with the Cowboys, the 49ers, and the Falcons, and the Ravens, and in baseball, and with Cincinnati and the Yankees and other teams he played for. I just think that he's a wonderful personality. I think he's a grounded man, and I think that what he did for college football, he injected some some vitality even more vitality into college football because we were all, you know, we've seen Deion Sanders basically grow up in front of our eyes, most of us. And we see him now as a head coach at a Power 5 school, leaving Jackson State after success down there. And we're seeing what he is is trying to accomplish in his first season at uh, Colorado. And I think he did a wonderful job. Uh, especially those games that he won. The PCU win at the beginning of the season was exciting. He'd be getting like between 7 and 11 million viewers per game when it was, when, you know, they were competitive. But I think that he's still a young coach at this level and he learned and he's learning right. that, you know, the Pac 12 is no joke. No, it was and no joke. Unfortunately, right. It was just no joke. There's not an easy game in the Pac-12, and he learned. He learned about his team. He learned about, you know, bringing a bunch of transfers in and trying to put them together. 
uh, and playing in a conference like the Pac-12 may not be the perfect uh, equation. You know, you got to work through getting kids out of high school and getting them in there and grooming them and, and growing them and, and, and those kind of things. But I think that, you know, Deion Sanders didn't do anything wrong. And I think that he is the kind of coach that uh, may be the future of college football. And I really love what he did, and I just wish him nothing but success. And I think he's going to be successful at Colorado. Um, It's just a matter of time. But for the first year after winning one game the previous year, you win four this year, I think job well done. Gus, you mentioned Dion at Jackson State, uh, HBCU. And you went to an HBCU, Howard University. You were actually there with my brother Terry. Um, we didn't. We weren't critical of him for leaving Jackson State or anything like that. But I want to ask you this: A lot of people talk about man, the, the HBCUs are sleeping giants as far as sports. If you could get some of the top athletes to go there, what what do you think of that notion? And what would it take? Is it even realistic? Or what would it take? to really, you know, sprout the the athletic programs, at least football and basketball, at some of these HBCUs? Well, obviously it takes financing, but I think that's unrealistic. You know, we have a system, a culture of football and, and big-time college sports, and the HBCUs just aren't there, and that's, that's just really not probably going to happen especially when you, you see a coach today, Matt Rule from Nebraska, said that in order to get a good quarterback out of the transfer right. portal, it's going to cost us between $1 and $2 million. Right. So the, the, the sport has been transferred into uh, basically uh, a high-level minor league sport, and I'm happy that the kids are getting paid. I'm very, very happy that uh, you know they're sharing some of the money and that uh, hopefully down the road they'll – They'll do something to where they can get an even bigger uh, piece of that pie, hopefully. But I think it's great, especially for these African-American athletes who dominate the score to be able to, to earn a living while going to college and getting an education. But in terms of historically black colleges and universities, I think we have our own culture. And I think it's a great culture. It would be nice to 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 see it financed a little bit more, but I don't think that our schools are are for sports. It's it, Sports is a part of it, very small part of it. I think that what the mission is for African-American uh, universities, historically black colleges and universities, black colleges, as we were called when I was at Howard, is, for, is to educate our kids. And and to continue to educate them, to continue to you know pass knowledge on to them, and uh, sports is, is is a nice little piece, but uh, it's not the same as, as as other levels. All right, here we go. Everybody loves you on the college football, except for one guy, Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Chris, did you hear this stuff? <laughs> no, I didn't. So so you know I'm on MLB Network, and Russo has a show on there. I'm on his show every so often, but. He took exception, A, to two things. Gus, I don't even know if you read this or saw this, but uh, he did not like uh, that you call Marvin Harrison Jr. uh, Maserati uh, Marv. He hates that. He said he hates that nickname. Isn't his name? Doesn't Chris did Russo he say have a nickname? Why? Or he no, just... this just was like a rant or whatever. And number two, he said 
Michigan-Ohio State is not the greatest sports rivalry in the country or in sports history. He says, uh, did you ever hear the Yankees and the Red Sox or the Dodgers and Giants or the Bears or the Packers? So Russo had exception with some of the stuff you Bears, said. Bears, Packers. Yeah, that's what he said, Bears, Packers. But I just wanted to know if you uh, saw it. <laughs> oh, man. I get, that, that's it's my good man, that, Chris Russo. I've always really liked him. But, you know, I mean, that's okay, Criticism is part of the game, and uh, yep. if anything, I take this, to be honest with you, I mean, just hearing it, uh, I take it as a compliment. I'm actually flattered that I'm on his mind like that. So right. I mean, dead, thank you. And you know what? Right. Hey, you live Gus, in free. Exactly. They, don't talk, they don't talk about you if you're irrelevant. You know that. If you don't, hey, your right. name if never comes right. up. Yeah, that's right. If they're not talking about you, you got trouble. That's what you should worry. Right. Quickly, no before you go, Gus. Uh, coming into the season, and certainly throughout the first half of the season, Caleb Williams, hands down, best quarterback in the country, number one in the NFL draft coming up. Uh, now, you know, he's still the, the consensus or the mo- most likely number one, but there are those naming Drake May and, and all that. Is, in your mind, is it Caleb undoubtedly the number one and best quarterback prospect? I don't know about that. Oh, it's mm. a pause. Did you hear that pause? Did wow, you hear that? No, Drake May, somebody that. else? I mean, it depends on the team, and it depends on the system of that team. I think Caleb Williams is a phenomenal talent. I really do. But there's some other guys out there that I think are, are pretty doggone good, too. Um, I'm sure they're going to be evaluated by the scouts. Like this kid that we're watching – Tomorrow, J.J. McCarthy. I mean, I don't think he's even – I don't think J.J. has even started to scratch. He's not even at the – he's only at the tip of the iceberg of who he's going to be as a professional quarterback. And he – you know, he doesn't even get a chance to throw it that much. So, um, I think Caleb is – you know, if they picked him number one overall, I would not be surprised, but – I don't know. I mean, I, I I like seeing these kids playing big games and, and get an opportunity to see Bo Nix is another one. Michael Penix Jr. is another yep. quarterback. Drake May at North Carolina is another quarterback that uh, all should be given consideration. So there are a lot of young, talented players out there. And Caleb Williams is at the top of the list of uh, of the men that play that position. All right, that's the great Gus Johnson, Yo, Fox Gus. Sports play-by-play broadcaster. Check him out tomorrow, the Big Ten Championship with Joel Klatt. He'll be calling the game Michigan versus Iowa. That's tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern oh, 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 time. Oh, can right I here ask on one question? Can I ask one question? Can I ask one question? Yes. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, Rob, what do you think about – I mean, I got to get your take on this because so much has happened. Oh, I already know where uh, he's going a, with the give Lions. Me th- give me a thumbnail sketch on what you think of Coach Harbaugh and what's going on oh, with Michigan no. and all that stuff. All right. I, look, where there's a little smoke, there's fire. And this is the only thing I'm going to say, Gus. He wanted his due process and his day in court, and then, I don't know, the Big Ten must have showed him some evidence that they had, so that changed real quick, uh, and he accepted the three-game suspension. So that was interesting to me, but he has. If they can win a national championship, you got to give him credit, but that's what he has to get done, Gus. He needs a national championship. Would you agree? Right. I would agree, but he's done a great job turning that program around. Remember, they had lost eight straight. 
Gus and I was going back and forth at it, Chris. We would uh, every so often text about (laughs) (laughs) Michigan. All right, Gus. All right, thank Gus. you, brother. All right, you know, yeah, you Have a good game tomorrow. Yep, yeah, more right, co- right. couple coming your way. Thank you, Fox buddy. Sports Radio. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. And I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.